body aches at bedtime, Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift. Thank you for letting me help put you into a happy place, a place of sweet endings and gentle tales, and in this case, of wonderful escapades in a land of dreams to take your mind off the world just for a bit and to usher you into sweet dreams yourself. This story was written by a man born... Charles Lotwidge Dodson. We know him, of course, as Lewis Carroll. A teacher, an ordained member of the clergy, and a master of mathematics who taught at University of Oxford, Mr. Carroll also had a fanciful side. And it is this side that brings us Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, and we'll share with you the first three chapters after I tell you that Drift is made possible by my sleep sisters, Kathy and Kim, two RNs who founded Envy Pillow. I first found Envy Pillow several years ago when I was suffering from stress neck pain. Envy Pillow is the certified natural pillow infused with copper, antimicrobial and collagen boosting copper. And you know what? If you don't love your Envy Pillow, not only will they return your money, but they'll also donate your pillow to a shelter. Plus, use the code DRIFT to receive 10% off anything you purchase there. Learn more in the morning at Envy Pillow. That's E-N-V-Y Pillow.com and sleep with the best. Okay, let's take a few deep breaths together as you get set to drift off. We'll start with a big inhale and out. Great. And we'll do it again, this time consciously dropping our shoulders, releasing their hold. Ready? In and out. Now to just start at your feet, and if you're able, Swivel them at the ankles. Now, other direction. If you can, move up and clench your calves, holding and releasing. Now, do the same with your thighs and backside. Clench and let go, letting your body sink into whatever recliner, your bed, your airline or train seat wherever you are now to your belly here just take another big breath and fill your chest and your tummy now exhale and relax keeping your shoulders down let's move to your arms and hands clench your fists and now relax and finally to your face let your jaw hang limp. No more tightening there. 
No need to be careful with your words. Now relax your eyes. Close them heavily. Your eyebrows. Let them drop. And just let your neck release its hold and your head rest heavy on your pillow. One more breath in, big and deep. And exhale now. And as you do, think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. Chapter 1 Down the Rabbit Hole Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the bank and of having nothing to do, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. There was nothing so very remarkable in that, nor did Alice think of it very much out of the way, to hear the rabbit say to itself, Oh dear, oh dear, I shall be too late. But when the rabbit actually took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket and looked at it, and then hurried on, Alice jumped to her feet, for she had never before seen a rabbit with either a waistcoat pocket or a watch to take out of it. And burning with curiosity, she ran across the field after it and was just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. In another moment, down went Alice after it. The rabbit hole went straight on like a tunnel for some way, and then dipped suddenly down, so suddenly that Alice found herself falling down what seemed to be a very deep well. Either the well was very deep, or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her. She noticed that the sides of the well were filled with cupboards and bookshelves. Here and there she saw maps and pictures. Down, down, down. Would the fall ever come to an end? Alice said to herself, My cat Dinah will miss me very much tonight, I should think. Dinah, my dear, I wish you were down here with me. Alice felt that she was dozing off, when suddenly, thump, thump, down she came upon a heap of sticks and dry leaves, and the fall was over. Now Alice was not a bit hurt, and she jumped up. It was all dark overhead. Before her was another long passage, and the white rabbit was still in sight, hurrying down it. Away went Alice, like the wind after it, just in time to hear it say, as it turned a corner, Oh, my ears and whiskers, how late it's getting! She was close behind it when it turned the corner, but the rabbit was no longer to be seen. She found herself in a long, low hall, which was lit up by a row of lamps hanging from the roof. There were doors all round the hall, but they were all locked. Alice wondered 
how she was ever to get out again. Suddenly, she came upon a little table, all made of solid glass. There was nothing on it but a tiny golden key, and Alice's first idea was that this might belong to one of the doors of the hall. But alas, either the locks were too large or the key was too small. It would not open any of them. However, on the second time round, she came upon a low curtain she had not seen before, and behind it was a little door about fifteen inches high. She tried the little golden key in the lock, and to her great delight, it fit. Alice opened the door and found that it led into a small passage not much larger than a rat hole. She knelt down and looked along the passage into the loveliest garden you ever saw. How she longed to get out of that dark hall and wander about among those beds of bright flowers and those cool fountains. But she could not even get her head through the doorway. Oh, said Alice, how I wish I could shut up like a telescope. I think I could, if I only knew how to begin. Alice went back to the table, half hoping she might find another key on it, or at any rate, a book of rules for shutting people up, like telescopes. This time she found a little bottle on it, which, said Alice, certainly was not here before, and tied round the neck of the bottle was a paper label with the words, Drink Me, beautifully printed on it in large letters. No, I'll look first, she said, and see whether it's marked poison or not. However, it was not. So Alice ventured to taste it, and finding it very nice, it had a sort of mixed flavor of cherry tart, custard, pineapple, roast turkey, toffee, and hot buttered toast. She very soon finished it off. What a curious feeling, said Alice. I must be shutting up like a telescope. And so it was indeed. She was now only ten inches high, and her face brightened up at the thought that she was now the right size for going through the little door into that lovely garden. After a while, finding that nothing more happened, she decided on going into the garden at once. But alas for poor Alice! When she got to the door, she found she had forgotten the little golden key. And when she went back to the table for it, she found she could not possibly reach it. She could see it quite plainly through the glass. And she tried her best to climb up one of the legs of the table. But it was too slippery and when she had tired herself out with trying, the poor little thing sat down and cried. Come on, there's no use in crying like that, said Alice to herself rather sharply. She generally gave herself very good advice, though she very seldom followed it. Soon her eye fell on a little glass box 
that was lying under the table. She opened it and found in it a very small cake on which the words, Eat me, were beautifully marked in currants. Well, I'll eat it, said Alice, and if it makes me grow larger, I can reach the key, and if it makes me grow smaller, I can creep under the door. So either way, I'll get into the garden, and I don't care which happens. She ate a little bit and said anxiously to herself, Which way? Which way? Holding her hand on top of her head to feel which way she was growing. And she was quite surprised to find that she remained the same size. So she set to work and very soon finished off the cake. Chapter 2 The Pool of Tears Curiouser and curiouser, cried Alice. She was so much surprised that for the moment she quite forgot how to speak good English. Now I'm opening out like the largest telescope that ever was. Just at this moment, her head struck against the roof of the hall. In fact, she was more than nine feet high, and she at once took up the little golden key and hurried off to the garden door. Poor Alice, it was as much as she could do, lying down on one side, to look through into the garden with one eye. But to get through was more hopeless than ever. She sat down and began to cry again. She went on shedding gallons of tears until there was a large pool all round her and reaching half down the hall. After a time, she heard a little pattering of feet in the distance and she quickly dried her eyes to see what was coming. It was the white rabbit returning, splendidly dressed, with a pair of white kid gloves in one hand and a large fan in the other. He came trotting along in a great hurry, muttering to himself, Oh, the Duchess, the Duchess, oh, won't she be savage if I've kept her waiting? When the rabbit came near her, Alice began, in a low, timid voice, If you please, sir. The rabbit jumped in fright, dropped, the white kid gloves and the fan, and scurried away into the darkness as hard as he could go. Alice took up the fan and gloves, and she kept fanning herself all the time she went on talking. Dear, dear, how queer everything is today, and yesterday things went on just as usual. Was I the same when I got up this morning? But if I'm not the same, the next question is, who in the world am I? Ah, that's the great puzzle. As she said this, she looked down at her hands and was surprised to see that she had put on one of the rabbit's little white kid gloves while she was talking. How can I have done that, she thought. I must be growing small again. 
she got up and went to the table to measure herself by it, and found that she was now about two feet high, and was going on shrinking rapidly. She soon found out that the cause of this was the fan she was holding, and she dropped it hastily, just in time to save herself from shrinking away altogether. Oh, that was a narrow escape, said Alice, a good deal frightened at the sudden change, but very glad to find herself still in existence. And now for the garden! And she ran back to the little door. But alas, the little door was shut again, and the little golden key was lying on the glass table as before. Things are worse than ever, thought the poor child, for I never was so small as this before, never. As she said those words, her foot slipped, and in another moment, splash, she was up to her chin in salt water. Her first idea was that she had somehow fallen into the sea. However, she soon made out that she was in a pool of tears, which she had wept when she was nine feet high. Just then, she heard something splashing about in the pool a little way off, and she swam nearer to see what it was. Only a mouse that had slipped in like herself. She said to it, Oh, mouse, do you know the way out of this pool? I am very tired of swimming about here. The mouse looked at her rather inquisitively and seemed to her to wink with one of its little eyes. But it said nothing. Perhaps it doesn't understand English, thought Alice. I dare say it's a French mouse. Come over with William the Conqueror. So she began again. Où est ma chatte? Which was the first sentence in her French lesson book. The mouse gave a sudden leap out of the water and seemed to quiver all over with fright. Oh, I beg your pardon, cried Alice hastily. I quite forgot you didn't like cats. Would you like cats if you were me? cried the mouse in a shrill, passionate voice. Well, perhaps not, said Alice in a soothing tone. But I, but I wish I could show you our cat, Dinah. I think you'd take a fancy to cats if you could only see her. She is a dear, quiet thing. The mouse was bristling all over, and she felt certain it must be really offended. We won't talk about her any more, if you'd rather not. As if I would talk on such a subject cried the mouse, who was trembling down to the end of its tail. Our family always hated cats, nasty, low, vulgar things. Don't let me hear that name again. I won't indeed, said Alice. Then, changing the subject, are you, are you fond of, of dogs? There is such a nice little dog near our house. I should like to show you. It kills all the rats and, oh, dear, cried Alice in a sorrowful tone. I'm afraid I've offended it again. For the mouse was swimming away from her as hard as it could go. So she called softly after it. 
Mouse dear, do come back again, and we won't talk about cats or dogs either, if you don't like them. When the mouse heard this, it turned round and swam slowly back to her, its face quite pale, and it said in a low, trembling voice, Let us get to the shore, and then I'll tell you my history, and you'll understand why it is I hate cats and dogs. It was high time to go, for the pool was getting quite crowded with the birds and animals that had fallen into it. There were a duck and a dodo, a lorry and an eaglet, and several other curious creatures. Alice led the way, and the whole party swam to the shore. Chapter 3 A Caucus Race and a Long Tail they were indeed a funny-looking party that assembled on the bank. The birds with draggled feathers, the animals with their fur clinging close to them, and all dripping wet, cross and uncomfortable. The first question, of course, was how to get dry again. They had a consultation about this, and after a few minutes, it seemed quite natural to Alice to find herself talking familiarly with them, as if she had known them all her life. At last the mouse, who seemed to be a person of some authority among them, called out, Sit down, all of you, and listen to me. I'll soon make you dry enough. And they all sat down at once in a large ring with the mouse in the middle. said the mouse, with an important air, and it began to go on and on about William the Conqueror. How are you getting on now, my dear? It continued, turning to Alice as it spoke. As wet as ever, said Alice in a melancholy tone. It doesn't seem to dry me at all. In that case, said the dodo, solemnly rising to its feet. I move that the best thing to get us dry would be a caucus race. What is a caucus race? said Alice. Well, said the dodo, the best way to explain it is to do it. First it marked out a race course in a sort of circle, and then all the party were placed along the course here and there. There was no one, two, three, go, but they began running when they liked and left off when they liked, so that it was not easy to know when the race was over. However, when they had been running half an hour or so and were quite dry again, the dodo suddenly called out, The race is over. And they all crowded round it, panting, and asking, but who has, has won? This question the dodo could not answer without a great deal of thought. At last it said, Everybody has won, and all must have prizes. But who is to give the prizes? Quite a chorus of voices asked. Why, she, of course, said the dodo, 
pointing to Alice with one finger. And the whole party at once crowded round her, calling out, Prizes! Prizes! Alice had no idea what to do, and in despair she put her hand into her pocket and pulled out a box of lozenges. Luckily the salt water had not gotten into it, and handed them round as prizes. Then they sat down again in a ring and begged the mouse to tell them something more. You promised to tell me your history, you know, whispered Alice to the mouse, and why it is you hate C and D, half afraid that it would be offended again. Mine is a long and sad tale, said the mouse, turning to Alice and sighing. It is a long tale, certainly, said Alice, looking down with wonder at the mouse's tail. But why do you call it sad? And she kept on puzzling about it, but Mouse only shook its head impatiently and got up and walked away at a quick little pace. I wish I had Dinah, our cat, here, said Alice. All this caused a remarkable sensation among the party. Some of the birds hurried off at once and a canary called out in a trembling voice to its children, Come away, my dears. It's high time you were all in bed. On various pretexts, they all moved off, and soon Alice was left alone. Oh, I wish I hadn't mentioned Dinah. Nobody seems to like her down here, and I'm sure she's the best cat in the world. Poor Alice began to cry again, for she felt very lonely and low-spirited. In a little while, however, she again heard a little pattering of footsteps in the distance, and she looked up eagerly. What did she see? Well, that, my friend, is a story for another day or night as we complete Chapter 3 of Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. And with thoughts of talking mice, Dinah the cat, and of course, a sweet little girl named Alice, we shall drift off, and I wish you sweet dreams. <laughs>